my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. He turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. I'm saying that you cannot say that numbers collected at the employer's place of business reflect simply the employer's policies. Those, num those numbers reflect underlying conditions in the whole society, just as numbers collected at the hospital do not show you that people are sick because they're in the hospital. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're tuning in to The Unveiled Patriot with yours truly, Travis Masterbone. And this is combo number 24 with Jerome Davison. How's it going, Jerome? Welcome to the podcast. Man, I'm so excited to be here, man. I want to thank you for having me on. Uh, Masterbone with a name like Masterbone, brother, I'm in, I'm in the club. I'm in <laughs> yeah, the, the cool club. <laughs> man, try, try growing up with the last name. That's all I'm saying. I, I give people 20 bucks if they come up with a nickname I haven't heard yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you could get creative. Uh, all right, Jerome. Uh, a lot of people know you, definitely if they're from Arizona, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know you. Uh, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about your upbringing and your background, and we'll get this thing rocking and rolling. All right, man. I want to thank you again for having me. My father... I grew up in Mississippi, man. I grew up in, with a wonderful upbringing. I grew up with my parents. My father was a truck driver. Uh, he was just a, a workaholic. He had one truck and he grew from one truck to four trucks and he started his own business. My mother was a homemaker who was a, a woman of prayer. She forced us to go to church. She made sure that, that that spirituality and Bible teaching was in us and our up, upbringing. And that's what, those are two things that really shaped my life. Um, hard work and spirituality. That's that's what you hear about Jerome Davidson. That's what you're gonna learn to know about me is that I'm a hard worker and that I'm spiritual. I love leading the prayers here throughout Arizona. I do a lot of opening prayers for events, uh, sports, uh, political events, campaigns, whatever. And, um, and th that has marked my life, even into the NFL. Before the games, I was doing the Bible studies for the Oakland Raiders and I was doing the prayers for each team. Doesn't matter where I went, even in junior college, uh, Arizona State into the pros, I was always asked to lead the team in prayer before the game. And so the spirituality and the hard work has been been a hallmark of mine. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a pastor for close to 30 years. I've been pastoring since I retired from the NFL. And even while I was playing, as I was saying, I was a team chaplain. So I counted that as my pastoral years. I worked in the prison. I, I, was, I was going out to the prisons, volunteering, right? And I went there just helping the inmates and just ministering to them and praying for them. And, and the prison created a position for me. And I wasn't looking for a job, but they created a paid position for me because the inmates really liked me. And I became a liaison between the inmates and their parents, their families. They couldn't, uh, you know, if you're an inmate, you get shipped out overnight and you lose contact with your family. And so I would put them back together with their families again. And so now to, the, to this day, I'm running for US Congress here in Arizona. I've seen some things that have really alarmed me spiritually uh, that the political scene is too evil for the church to avoid. It's too evil for somebody like me who loves my country, love my state 
and love my fellow man not to get involved. I'm strong. I have the ability to speak and to motivate the crowd, to motivate people to go to work. And I wanted to bring those skills and abilities together to help save our country, not only this country, but I truly believe that we are in a global battle for uh, against a one world tyrant or a one world ruler that the Bible said that was gonna come. So I'm fighting against that. I love my fellow man. It doesn't matter if you're red, blue, green, black, white, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. You're human and we should join in this fight for humanity. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of powerful stuff. Um, I'm grateful to witness a little bit of that myself here locally in Arizona. Um, and so, yeah, you mentioned you were in, in the NFL and that's a lot of great stuff that you did for the, for them. Um, when was that? When were you in there? And uh, uh, how was, I was that? In the NFL. Yeah, I was in the NFL when we had the leather helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? that's, a, that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. Right? It was like in the, uh, let's see, I left ASU. I was in 90, I was at ASU from 91 to 92, just two seasons because I was a junior college transfer. And I went to the pros from there. I went to the the Los Angeles Rams out of ASU, but I was injured, man. I had a, a ankle problem. And that problem was that I had torn cartilage in my ankle. I made it to the NFL on one good leg and most guys can't make it on two good legs. I was determined to make it. When I went to the doctor and got the, uh, got the second opinion, they told me that I was run, just only had like 30% of cartilage left in my ankle. And that was the cause of so much of my pain. And when I ran the 40 for the NFL, I, I limped a 4.62. I was using like a 4.49 guy, uh, 6.1, 2.35. Or, well, coming out of ASU, it was like 2.25. I could run like a 4.49. But uh, I, I limped a 4.6. And they labeled a me a fullback. <laughs> yeah, I limped. A, I, I was dragging my leg like Igor, man. That's funny. That's crazy. And so I went to the Rams from there. And the Rams cut me because I was too injured. And I took a year rest, year break, and came back and got picked up by the San Francisco 49ers. Two years with the Niners and then two years with the Raiders. While I was with the Niners, there was a, a great player there by the name of Jerry Rice. My favorite uh, player. Another great player, Steve Young, which is big for the, the LDS community here in Arizona. And I, I stand at their door and tell them these great stories about Steve Young. They, as long as I can tell the story, they'll stand there and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Jerry Rice was my favorite player growing up. I, I was born and raised in San Jose and always a Niners fan. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we see things definitely change in regards to the NFL and just uh, sports and entertainment as a whole. Uh, what was it like a little bit politically, not only like in front of the camera, but maybe in the locker room, uh, politics, love for country? How has that changed to what we see today? Well, Black people feel like it's their duty to be Democrat, to be a, a, a Democrat. Somewhere down the line, uh, after uh, re Blacks were Republican, we were Republican. Martin Luther King Jr. was a Republican. His father, Martin Luther King Sr., was a Republican. But you know what I noticed is that Google changed that. They said that Martin Luther King was neither Republican nor Democrat. That's not true. I looked that up, too, and I was There's, just like... They changed it, and this is why they're taking down all the monuments nowadays. They're, they're actually preparing and planning to rewrite history. And this is why you have platforms like, like Google, Twitter, Facebook. These platforms, people go to these platforms for information and to share information. Mm -hmm. And we've got to learn to bring them in. We've got to bring them in 
and, and regulate them to the point to where they allow freedom of speech and don't allow them to regulate us. They don't tell us what to do, but, but in the locker room back in those days, it was respectful. We had prayer. At the end of a game, we had prayer on the field. We stood for the flag. The flag was very important to us. And so nobody could stand in the locker room during the time of the national anthem. We all came out, put our hands on our hearts, took our helmets off, looked at the flag and saluted our wonderful flag. There was a lot of respect there. But there was a little bit of politics creeping in. You had some politicians coming in, you know, kind of dealing with some of the big time players. And they was trying to push some stuff out on us, but people wasn't receiving it now. But through television and misogyny, right? So you take a, a good player, like uh, say for example, like uh, uh, Callan Kaepernick, you bring him out, you give him incentives for saying political stuff. You give him an incentive like a Nike contract uh, of $20 million and you're not even a player and you incentivize that him being politically involved, not for the right, but for the left. And everybody wants to do that now. All of a sudden you start seeing players coming out with I can't breathe t-shirts on, free my people with the fist, all kinds of stuff. They starting to get politically involved, but it's always to the left. It's mm -hmm. always for the Democrats. Yeah. And my message to them is that, you know, you're working for the same people who enslaved us, who wanted to enslave us, who did the Jim Crow South segregation laws, who did the KKK, the uh, the community patrols. This is where the police patrols came from. When the when the white people who when when we got freed up from slavery, they began to patrol our communities and terrorize black communities with patrol like a police patrol. Yeah, and isn't that ironic? And this was. Uh, I call this the unveiled patriot for a reason, and I'm sure my audience is uh, probably tired of me explaining this, but for the most part, it, 2020 changed everything, and I grew up, you know, very diverse high school. My dad's best friend was black, and I really never really looked at the lens, uh, through the lens of racism, so much to the point until 2020. Now, everything's got to be hyper-focused on it, and I'm just not used to it, and I saw a lot of the blaming coming from the democrats and then i just started to realize they were a bit more racist than what they were claiming republicans to be exactly. and and i just started to question what my values were and at the end of the day i just you know i don't care what you are black white candy stripe you know gay straight um it's all about what you do and what's what's in between here and what's in here uh -huh. and yep. i wonder with sports how is that being delivered especially i worry for the kids growing up who are looking up to these individuals like LeBron James, really, I never had, uh, he wasn't my favorite ever. I thought he was a baby. Uh, but for yeah. the most part, when he started speaking out, um, you it know, was always it, to the left. yeah, it's always to the left. And so what bothered me most is, okay, Kaepernick had the right to do that, but it doesn't mean I have to agree with it. And it was just based off of, uh, you know, riding the wave. Is it a coincidence? Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, I don't it was think riding it... the wave. It was uh, it was it was leftist. And here's what the left is very good at. They're very good at at creating, hypening the emotions of the left and of black people in so all categories, notice, in all categories. Yeah, it's crazy. You'll notice that the closer we get to election time, that's when they start rolling out the videos of the, the police sicking the dogs on the, the march. The March in Selma, you know, but these videos are black and white. It's so old. Then they start playing uh, reruns of Roots and how white people was was racist and they, they were slave owners. But 
What they never tell you is that the Jim Crow South was the Democrats. Mm -hmm. It was the Democrats sicking dogs on the black people. It was the Democrats that was putting the firing holes on us and beating us in the face and segregating us from the black bathrooms to, from the white bathrooms. But it was the, it was the Republicans under uh, President Lincoln who wrote the Emancipation Proclamation, freed the black people, mm -hmm. wrote the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendment to where we had the uh, black women had a right to, to vote, blacks had a right to vote, and, and all and all of that. We had a right to representation. But yeah. they never talk about that. They, they never, never talk about they never explain that. They and so when a when a black person, when a black person, sports figure or not, supports the Democrat Party, they're literally supporting the people who abused, hurt, harmed, and really devised a a really marvelous plan to destroy the black people. The uh, 94 crime bill. You had the Jim Crow South. South Bill. You also had the Clinton dynasty where they sold black people's blood. What they, they got them imprisoned and they sold their blood around the world during the time of the heightening of HIV and AIDS. So it was like these people never stop. And you're working for the very people who hurt you. Don't forget the Margaret Sanger Bill who, who said that the black people need to be exterminated. So they came up with the, the Planned Parenthood, which was the aborting of the black baby. Right. Right. And so when we talk about the rewriting of history, this is the thing that drives me crazy the most, how many people show so much hatred and try to conflate, conflate the Confederate flag with Trump and the right. But what's interesting is you're not even going to try and rename or eliminate the Democrat name. You're not going to dig deep into the Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger. Um, right. You know, it's the inconsistencies and hypocrisy of the left that has really triggered me the most. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying all right wing politicians are who they are. Um, right. And speak. Uh, they, it just depends on your ideology. Right. A progressive ideology. What a name. Right. Absolutely. And, and I'm at a point like it, it can't be a coincidence, you know. And so um, with this evolution and people are watching the sports channels and uh, we see this always thrown in our faces. Um you know, is this a big part and what inspired you to become, uh, you know, a candidate for Congress? Yeah, well, man, the, the, the church was angering me. I was I was trying to do prayer events because I, I saw so much evil. When President Donald Trump became president, the witches and the warlocks came out and they was they got on CNN and MSNBC and they were saying that they was going to cast a spell on a sitting president. The church didn't rebuke them. Nobody was saying anything. I was like, Hey man, you know, I'm, we can't write laws. We, we're not expecting any police officers to arrest them because they want to cast a spell, but at least the church should come out and raise their voice against spell casting and demons and running roots and all this kind of stuff, but they didn't. And I figured the best way for me to go around the church is to help create and write policies. Uh, Daniel, the prophet in, in, in the Bible, Daniel was more of a governor than he was a prophet. He has he had more political interaction in the book of Daniel than he did in the prophetic realm. And this was his assignment through the four kingdoms, uh, the Babylonian, the, the Persian, uh, the Roman, all those those four kingdoms. Daniel was there for all of them, and he was helping to write and create policies for the people. Of course, King David, you know, that's political. Jesus Christ being the Messiah, that's also a political figure. And also 
the ultimate political figure of tyrants and evil is going to be the the Antichrist in the last days. So yeah, I, I want to get in and help write policies that's going to save and spare the people from a tyrannical government like we're seeing now. Mm. They forced people to get inoculated, pretty much. They said they didn't do it. They, but what is the option? If, yeah. if either I get the shot or you're going to kick me off of my job. Mm. Now, how can I feed my family? How am I going to pay my bills? So yeah, pe many people were forced to do it. Yeah. And so that's tyrannical. The government has not, shouldn't have nothing to do with that. The government should have nothing to do with flying an LGBT flag. That's being involved in, in sexuality and stuff like that. We should oversee the safety of the people to make sure that their amendment rights are not being trodden upon, to make sure that they're safe and, and the rest of it, they should just get out of the way. But they're getting involved in the children's lives, the parents' lives. They're getting involved in, in religion. They're getting involved in, in medical. Too many things. Yeah, too many. And so that's one of the big things that you're running on. You really want to protect our freedoms and, and rights. And, you know, what specifics exactly are they assaulting these? Like, what, give me some examples that really just kind of raised some hairs on the back of your neck and said, hey, we got to do something about this shit. Well, the number one, like I said, the forced inoculation, they're telling us by forcing us to get the shot is that your body is not yours. Mm -hmm. We're gonna take your body, we're gonna put a shot in it with some chemicals that we haven't even totally researched yet, but we're gonna give it to you because we want you to have it because we don't want you to spread disease. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was just, it totally destroyed the economy. It hurt a lot of families. So many people was reaching out to me as a pastor and asking for a religious letter and what can they do? What should the religious letter say? I mean, thousands of people was reaching out to me. I helped, I helped quite a few people, help some people save their jobs. The other yeah. thing is the government being involved in the media and in these platforms, okay? Mm -hmm. You heard Joe Biden, he was saying that uh, my, my ratings are going down because of messaging. So he started meeting with big tech. He started meeting with the media and trying to tell them how to form the message. They shouldn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. Now they're talking about the ministries of truth and the American people. Obama came out recently because he's the real president right now. Mm -hmm. And he said he didn't realize how gullible the the, uh, the the American public was. And so he allowed them to have free speech on these platforms. But now he feels like he has to restrain it. And he's had to protect the American people from lies and from disinformation. Right, well, right. the disinformation is coming from them. Mm -hmm. They're the ones with the propaganda. They're the ones working with the media and with these platforms like YouTube and all this stuff. Like I was saying, I had 90,000 subscribers on my channel. And because I was talking about the election and, and all of the anomalies and all of the problems that we saw with that uh, 2020 election, mm -hmm. they started giving me strikes and finally kicked me off of my platform. Well, people was looking forward to hearing my, my opinion. Yeah. And so one of the things that I'm going to do, we should have, we should have stopped big tech a long time ago. Our senators and, and congressmen should have gotten together and come up with something to stop them. When they kicked President Donald Trump off, the, off of Twitter, that should have been the end of it. They should have said, that's it. You know what, we're gonna do something now, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm running on a very unique platform, something that no one else in this country is running on. Of course, we wanna close the border. Of course, I'm gonna close the border. I'm gonna help write an immigration law and a bill to finally have uh, America with a real immigration uh, process. Yeah, We wanna, uh, 
stand for parental rights. We want to stand with the police officers. We want to protect the children, right? Mm -hmm. But the other thing that we need to get together is and secure is our freedom of speech on these platforms. So I'm going to run on an internet bill of rights, an internet bill of rights. And it's mm -hmm. going to protect us now and into the future because everything is going onto the internet. And, mm -hmm. and, and if we don't start getting this together and start thinking about the future, well, then they're going to kick us around. They're going to have the advantage. My Internet Bill of Rights is going to help us have our rights in the future. Yeah, and it's a great idea. I experienced the same stuff. They literally dug into my past when I was giving my opinions around the time. I was just asking questions, too. So you can't even ask questions. They'll flag yeah. you. And then I got booted when I was in Mexico. And it was just kind of crazy. They just when you respond back to them, you ask, like, you know, what exactly did I say that I can correct? or I can avoid saying in the future, like, honestly, just our conversation right now might even give me a, a strike down the road, who knows, uh, yeah. we can't, we can't predict the future. I mean, once upon a time, uh, we could just say whatever we want. And we could just yep. be conspiracy theorists, right? And that's fine. Right. They, they've been around since 9-11. Why so heavily regulated now? I and mean, you can't yeah. even leave, you can't even leave comments on certain social media pages, like the White yep. House or Joe Biden, they limit it. It's crazy. Why would you have yeah. to limit it? Because they're getting such negative kickbacks. So is the silent majority still strong? And what do you see coming in the horizon with these midterms? Well, I believe that you're going to see in these midterms, you're going to see people fired up. They're going to go to the polls and they're going to they're going to get uh, the people with a Republican policies mm -hmm. with the America first policies. We've seen everything was America last under these Democrats. And it, it's America last because they are globalists. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not talking about globalists in the sense of that we can ship our goods over there in exchange for money right. and still our goods. That's not what we're talking about. When we talk about globalists, is that these people are pitching a one world order, a, a new system that everything should be ran by a few people at the top, the entire world should be ran by a few people at the top. That's what we mean by globalists. That's what we talk about one world order. This is what we talk about uh, uh, build back better. Mm -hmm. They are talking about giving all the power of these nations over to a few bureaucrats and a few unelected people. Yeah. So and I believe that people are gonna go to the polls and they're gonna vote against this, but we got to be careful. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna ask people out there to go to my website, Jerome for Congress and go there and become a poll watcher. We have got to be fired up and we have got to be astute. If we're going to win this election, we've got to let them know that our presence is there, not only to vote and to get our family and friends and co-workers and everybody to vote, but we've got to watch the vote. We've got to secure that thing. And we've got to be really know, know our rights, that they cannot kick us out of the, the place if we've, if we've applied to be there. They cannot uh, come up with fake police officers and have them escort us out, no. We are supposed to be there and we're going to watch these things and we need to do that. Yeah. And isn't that crazy? Like these were the things that I was talking about. They were just very weird things that occurred that were reported. If anyone were watching any of the testimonials, um, there's nothing wrong with fixing this stuff, whether you're left or right. So I don't understand where the, you know, the political leverage is on that. Like either way, it should be good. Don't you want free and fair elections if this was the most secure and so, yeah, with the New World Order, a lot of people, when they hear this stuff, they just think you guys are looney tootie, kooky QAnon people. And yeah. it, it just bothers me because all you have to do is listen to the World Economic Forum and hear it from the horses' mouths themselves. And That's right. 
is really quite interesting. It's like, what are you talking about? And right. I don't know, China is pretty terrifying too when you actually look at their social credit system and all that crap, how many cameras they got and their government in general. I mean, why can't we just take our precautions without being censored so heavily and deemed, uh, you know, quacks? Brother, that is so awesome that you said that. If you go, those, those cameras, the type of cameras that are in China, those cameras watch you and watch your body. It looks at everything that's in your pocket. It was all of the, the different parts of your posture, your eyes. It's it's looking at your facial features. It's it recognizes your face, recognizes your voice, all of that. That same system is in um, um, Walmart right now. Hmm. And one of the things that my Internet Bill of Rights is going to propose, I believe it's going to pass because we're going to have the supermajority in Congress. But one of the things that I'm going to propose in that bill is that I want to ban social scoring from the shores of America. I want to make sure that that does not come here. Yeah, okay? that needs, that needs it, to be absolutely tossed. No way in hell. That's it. Man, people don't know the dangers that we're facing. They don't know the evil that we are in the midst of. And that, oh, my, my lights. My computer went off and I had my. They don't, it's very dangerous. It's a very dangerous thing when they start doing the social credit score, where they can put all your medical stuff, all of your, your history on an ID. And that ID can be digital. They tie all your finances to it. And they could cut you off if you don't meet the social score. It's a very dangerous thing. It's leading to the mark of the beast. And we're going to cut it out. Yeah. And it's uh, it's interesting, especially with every topic that I jump into. Uh, I just always get concerned with uh, centralized government because I'm afraid of what the parameters are and who's going to be enforcing them. And, you know, that's a reasonable thing to be worried about. I don't see why we have to be um, uh, off the grid for thinking and preparing for such um, crap for, for that shit not to happen. We don't want that to happen. And so with all the recent shootings and, uh, you know, I, I've done too much research in regards to gun control and how it's ineffective. But tell me I'm wrong. They always leverage a crisis so beautifully how are they doing this right now? Because I don't see Joe Biden uh, visiting Waukesha when that uh, psychopath ran over people with an SUV. But as yeah. soon as someone shoots up um, in Buffalo and they're white, all of a sudden he does a trip. What is this? Man, there was a lot of weird stuff that's tied to that. It's still we still don't have the answers that we that we need. Mm -hmm. uh, the story kept changing from day one. The police officer's story changed. They said that the teacher propped the door open and left the door open. Then they said, well, oh, no, the door wasn't propped open. It just, it just the door just forgot to lock itself. Right. Uh, they said that the police officer was open, only standing outside of the door for 30 minutes. Then it turns out to be that they were standing out there for 95 minutes. It's, it's like the story keeps changing. But we do know that there were some things going on with this young man. Mm -hmm. Number one, he was poor and had and had brand new uh, $4,500 gun. Mm -hmm. the, with with all this stuff and he had chat machines connected to some of our law enforcement they were chatting with the guy mm -hmm. and so i believe this with the psyops and the stuff like this with the mind control stuff like the technology that's going around they take somebody like this they profile them they start working with them and then they can turn them loose whenever they want to mm -hmm. and when they turn them loose it's at a key Key point. You remember when President Biden came out was talking about those those guns that that you can get in the mailbox. You can get those those guns in the in the box in the mail, and you can make your own gun. 
Well, the next day after that, there was a school shooting. Mm -hmm. And then they come out talking about they want to take our guns. Well, here's the deal. You're not going to touch our guns. The guns that you need to go after is the criminals. The mm -hmm. criminals in the inner city, how do they have guns? If you all are so against guns, how come more black people are dying every weekend in the inner cities? Chicago, New York, San Francisco, Kansas City, all these places. With, and they have Democrat uh, politicians, and they're usually black. And I believe that they have a stand-down policy when it comes to black people and black gun ownership. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, uh, and they uh, tell black people, because we go to church, they use <laughs> our ministers to disarm us, right? So they tell us, you don't need no gun. God is your protection. The Holy Ghost is with you, and you don't need no gun. When you get a gun, it's like you you not trusting God. So a lot of God-fearing Black folks don't get guns because they believe that message. But their communities are being terrorized, and they cannot defend their families in the, in the dead of night when a burglar, burglar comes in. Yeah. Okay? Evil stuff like that. Yeah, and it's, it's always a coincidence that these cities that experience the most uh homicides and uh, young kids too right um yep. teenagers and we I, I just me from a logical standpoint i just um why don't we just get away from whatever the hell you guys are doing there because it's clearly not working it's not and, working and it's not uh it's not even on their radar and that's why i get curious especially when you actually look at the stats of uh ar-15s and the the verbiage that they use so uniquely where it's just completely misinformation in itself, but you don't see the fact checkers doing their job. So it's just it's just when that shit just starts to add up, this is where we really do start looking at it. Like what is going on big picture? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. really insane. And so- I, uh, I can't- Go ahead. Lost you. I lost you, I can't hear you. Jerome. Why isn't that, why isn't going into the inner city and saving the black people who are killing each other every day? Why is that the first line of business? Why didn't mm -hmm. Obama go into the inner cities of Chicago that he came from when he became president and even lift a finger to help the black community that's being terrorized by crime and guns? Yep. Not, not, not just I'm talking about criminalized guns, people who, are, who have a criminal history mm -hmm. of killing people and shooting other folks. And these judges are letting them out mm -hmm. knowing their criminal history. It's, it's almost like it's almost like they want these people out on the street to do the killing. Right. And uh, that that's a great point, because um, I think that was a big reason why a lot of people kind of steered away from Obama. And again, how do we solve this problem? We set up committees for January 6th. Why can't we set up some serious like gang committees and bring them in and actually do some real work in trying to help these communities, right? Well, those those prison, those prison political prisoners for January 6th, when I get to Congress, I'm going to file a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. I'm filing a lawsuit against the January 6th committee because they that's unconstitutional. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to file a lawsuit against them and I'm going to try to file a lawsuit against the local jail that's holding them there because somebody's got to do something to save these, these men and women who have not even been charged with a crime in many cases. They haven't even been charged with anything. 
Okay. And yeah. they would, this was a setup. This was a setup from, from junk, the word jump. President Donald Trump offered to have National Guard there. But now during this committee, they're trying to make Trump look bad because they know he's going to run again in 2024. This mm -hmm. is so political. It's so obvious. Yeah. All of America should be mad as heck at this. Nobody should be watching that garbage. That's true. That's Nobody true. Should watch and right before, right before I hit the recording button, I said, once you get red-pilled, you can't really look back. It, it looks like a charade. It's a charade. They charaded us the whole time. Mm -hmm. For four years, they told us Donald Trump colluded with Russia, and they knew he didn't from... Listen, I'm not an investigator. I don't have the intelligence of the FBI. I don't have the intelligence of the DIA. I don't have intelligence of the CIA. But I could look at that thing with the first moment they presented it and know that it was a political hit job and it was a lie. Mm -hmm. President Donald Trump was some woman was peeing on him in a Russian hotel that did not exist. <laughs> this is dumb. But they wasted $40 million of our of taxpayer dollars. They distracted the country, hindered President Donald Trump from doing an even greater job than he did mm -hmm. and hurt the American economy because they wanted power. And when they got power, what did they do? They put our lights out. They put our power out. They've unplugged American energy. Mm -hmm. Our babies can't get milk. They're dividing us based on race and sex even the more. They're giving our money to Ukraine. They got our border open. Oh, wow. Look at that. It's magically delicious. Yeah. And so that's what I ask people on the left, or they say moderate, right? Um, I ask people, I'm just like, so what is directly impacting you right now? versus Trump, because that's what I had to come down to. I, before right. 2020, uh, there was a time I hated Trump. I had the headline syndrome, the Trump derangement syndrome. Wow. And yeah, I had it. And then once I saw some stupid stuff happen and I saw that they blatantly lied about one thing, I went down the rabbit hole of all the bull crap that they said about him. Yeah. And, now, and now I can't unsee it, right? And right. so I asked people, I'm just like, so what has Biden done in the administration right? All of them, right? It's a faction. What have they done that is so great? And the fact of the matter is we could develop a list of probably 20 to 30 things thus far that they have done that are directly harming the American people. Right, right. Well, of course, of course, bringing the people over from Afghanistan, shutting down, they went did in Afghanistan, leaving $83 billion of our American weapons over there, leaving American lives there. It was ridiculous. Uh, leaving American cash there. I mean, you know, on and on and on, man. These these people are very destructive and they're evil. And whatever they say they're for, always believe the opposite. Because they, they're yeah. grand. They're great at writing policies that sound good on paper and used in the, in the media. But, but the heart of it is to do the opposite of what it says. Equality? No, no. It's inequality. They want to make sure that they have all of the power. They want to make sure that they're the ones who make all of these decisions and not we the people. Mm -hmm. When they talk about Planned Parenthood, that means no, no children, no plan, no parenthood, especially for blacks and minorities. Yeah, this is absolutely right. And so, um, you, know, you know, he lost his credibility when he said that once we write this bill for trillions of dollars, once we pass this this bill for trillions of dollars, it's, it's not going to cost us anything. I'm like, yeah. it's not going to cost us anything. Thing. Inflation's not going to go up. See, when inflation goes up, that's the government's way of taking money from you. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now your dollar is less than what it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like if once they start making all, printing up all of this money and inflation goes up, 
your $1 is now becoming 80, 95 cent, 90 cent, 90, 85 cent, 80 right, cent. Right, right, right. And they're just taking away your money every time inflation goes up. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, savings. it's crazy how they talk about inflation too. how, oh, it's not that bad. Or they say first, it doesn't exist. Oh, it does, but it's not that bad. Oh, actually, inflation is good. Oh, let's blame Putin for this. Wow. It's, never, it's never accountability. And if mm-hmm. anyone has ever cracked open any type of history book, um, you know, you have plenty of examples in Africa, inflation is not good at all, it can really oh. get out of control. And those who suffer the most are the poorest. Right. It's basically modern day slavery. Well, that's right. Well, it's going to it's going to come for the poor first. Mm -hmm. And this is how the Democrats do. They say they love the poor. They love the minorities. They love people who are who are disadvantaged. But they always take advantage of those people first. When they disarmed and defunded the police. Guess who that hurt first? Mm -hmm. Guess who? Guess which community that needs a police presence more Mm -hmm. is going to be hurt first over there. That's what I was telling the black people. I said, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're going off of some emotional stuff when seeing a white man's knee on that dude's neck. Mm-hmm. It was he was wrong. He was he was he was found guilty for it, and that's it. But mm-hmm. what we don't what we're not talking about is how in every inner city, every weekend, thirty to a hundred people are being killed, man. And these are black folks. So, yeah. and when you take police out of there, it's going to be even more more killing. I'm talking about innocent little kids little girls or little boys who haven't had a chance to even walk across a stage for graduation yet are being killed and taken out of this world. It's Mm -hmm. evil. Yeah. And you go talk to those parents, actually go put some fucking boots on the ground and go talk to those parents who lost kids to gang violence or just, you know, uh, stray bullets, what have you, just being in the neighborhood. I bet you you they paint a different picture. I said that to the NFL players. I want to see y'all instead of, Instead of taking a knee on the cameras, because all y'all are doing is just gesturing, trying to show how great you are, but that's on camera. Y'all get together and lock arms and go in the inner city and take a knee. Take a knee in front of them gangbangers and tell them to stop killing these kids and innocent people. Mm-hmm. You, you ain't going to make no difference out here on the field. This is all political. And you're helping the very people who are perpetuating this killing and murder and imprisonment on the people. It's the Democrats. Yeah, it's terrible. And so they do love the poor in that sense, because they really they do. do. They fish hook, line and sinker. And yeah. those who are uninformed, unaware or stuck in echo chambers watching CNN, MSNBC, it, they really do get affected and impacted the most. It sucks. Yeah, and when, and when, when they see that the people are starting to open up and, and realize that they're in a they're in a uh, they're in prison, they're still on a plantation. Well, then they're bringing somebody like Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. We've been hoping for 60 years. We had a black president and he didn't do one name, one thing he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, y'all, y'all wanted y'all said that we got a black president. He was going to do all of this stuff for black folks. He was going to reform prison stuff. He was going to reform the way the, the police interacted with blacks and all of this stuff. He didn't do one thing. He talked about the LGBT and he did that. He wanted that LGBT because it was a way to use a, a new way to circumvent and go around our First Amendment right. Mm-hmm. Now, now you got to walk on eggshells in your speech around these people. And here's what I want to propose to America: is that we all have equal rights. No group of people should have special rights in America. We all have the same special rights under the Constitution. 
-hmm. because it's the Democrats that are trying to use blacks. And I think they're running out of using blacks. So now they got to raise up somebody like the LGBT and make them the disadvantaged group. So that, so that now if you say something against them, it's hate speech. Mm -hmm. And now the truth can't get out. Correct. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, overall, the problem with identity politics is just that it just really does divide people more than bring people together. And that's what I found most interesting when I actually attended a Trump rally myself. I saw the diversity everywhere. It wasn't like on TV where they only go to like some town somewhere where it's only white people there. So they make it seem right. like, oh, it's just white people that do it. But no, that you got all kinds of diverse people, but they all come together under the mm -hmm. flag, under certain values. It, it, seriously, I tell people, I was just like, they just seem like a bunch of hippies who love the Constitution. It's really that right. simple. Like, everyone's just happy. That man, you know what? I've, I go to a lot of them. I go to a lot of them. Even now, while I'm, while I'm running for office and stuff, I'm usually the, like the only Black dude in the room sometimes. And nobody, nobody treats me any differently. Nobody, it's mm -hmm. like nothing special. But I grew up in the South. I grew up in Mississippi. Well, the, the Jim Crow laws of the South was still somewhat in the spirit of the people. I grew up, I was born in 70, and I grew up in the South up until I was 16. And uh, some of the people still have that kind of stuff in their veins, but, and you can kind of sense it. Yeah. But out here in Arizona, no, no, the Patriots really, it's not even about that. And matter of fact, they want to make sure that you're welcomed and, and, and excited. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's awesome here. I, I love it here. Um, you've been here your whole life, yeah? No, um, no. Well, besides when I, you were playing, but. Yeah, I would say I've been, well, I moved back to Arizona after playing ball in California, set up my church out there mm -hmm. and uh, pastored there for 20 years. I came back here. I've been here for now 12 years. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so in regards to Arizona specifically, um, uh, what district are you running for again? CD4, uh, Tempe, CD4, Mesa, right. Ahwatukee, and Chandler. Nice, nice. And so. I want uh, everybody it, to know in this district that you. You have somebody that is of you, somebody that is like you, somebody that 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 is among you all the time. I'm as a pastor, you know, you're seeing it all. You're counseling families. You're there for the the birth of the child, the first day of school for the child, the graduation. You're standing at the sick bed of folks. You 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 know you're there, and I'm going to fight for you when I get to Congress because I know your needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so in regards to that, like, what exactly can be. I mean, we talked about a lot right now, and that's obviously on the plate for the United States as a whole, um, like immigration, for example. A lot of people think that it's just not a big deal, that this is just some right wing Fox News talking point. Um, is it a problem? What are the consequences of it, especially for people in Arizona? Well, the problem is, is that this administration was saying that COVID was a was a priority. Dr. Fauci was saying it was a priority. And at the same time, having an open border with people coming in here who were unchecked med medically. They were unvetted from their backgrounds. We didn't know their names. We didn't know who they came from. And a lot of people in this country are being harmed. Some people are being murdered. I mean, and, and that's, that's one aspect of it. We do know that a lot of drugs is coming in here. Fentanyl is killing a lot of Americans. But when I, when I go around and I knock on the doors and I'm on the campus of ASU, here's what I bring up to them. And then we talk, we chop it up. The rent in Arizona, housing, it's a problem now because they're not building fast enough to deal with this new surplus of new people coming in, right? Mm -hmm. So the landlords are raising the rent up. They're going from 1200 to 
1,500 to 1,800 to 2,000 to 2,200, well, the folks that are crossing the border, they don't have to worry about those prices because the government is paying for their housing. But you, as a citizen, you have to worry about that. And, and it's all because the border is being opened up. The hospitals are overrun. We have to pay that. Our interest rates, inflation is going up because we have more people coming over here. And now that's pulling on our wealth, welfare system and we're putting more money into the welfare system. And now that's draining and raising the interest rates and it's hurting us, the taxpayer, the citizens. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah, the it, it is an issue. Our schools are overrun. The teachers, we don't have enough facilities and teachers to maintain. Now we got to get more Spanish speaking, speaking uh, teachers to deal with all of this this new population of folks. And don't forget, America's right now, uh, uh, Arizona's right now going through a water crisis. So we're, we're running low on, on natural resources like water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, I think it's very important. There's a lot of things that come with that. And it just drives me crazy, especially coming from California. A lot of people just don't think it's a problem, but it really is. And it's not that uh, this is what one of the things that really turned my head, another bullcrap lie that they tried to spin on Trump was the all Mexicans are rapists and murderers kind of thing. Brother, um, I knocked on the door the other day and the guy, he, he was breathing heavy. I thought he's going to start crying. I was like, hey, man, I'm not Trump. I'm not Donald Trump. But Donald Trump was not saying that all people, were, all Mexicans yeah. were rapists and all that stuff. He was just saying that some of them were, you know. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so my wife, same, same song and dance, she hated him. And then I played the, I played the clip for her. And I was just like, I can't find anything where he says all of them are. In fact, I find more clips where he's for legal immigration, because that's unfair for those who are trying to get in legally. Those who come in illegally is breaking the law. No good. Not only economically, but just overall for the political realm. Like this is just ridiculous. And so Aside from that, what what other things do you want to do specifically for Arizona that's really on your mind? Well, I want to restore family values. I want to restore the mm-hmm. uh, the constitutional thinking. As you can see, we need a revival of the Constitution. We, there's something we don't really talk about in school anymore. And so we're going to have to bring this thing outside of school. So every three months when I come back from Washington, I want to have summits with my people to, first of all, give them an update on what's going on in Washington because mm-hmm. them as taxpayers deserve that. They, they deserve that. An honest and then, update. Yeah. Then bring families together for constitutional day. We would have worship, you know, those that want to be a part of the worship because we should restore God in America. When you take God out of America, that's the missing link. That's the missing link. People's like, what's going on with these school shooters? What's happening with the mind of these kids? It's the God factor. It's the God factor. Back when I was in school, you know, in my elementary days, we had prayer in school. We had, we got around and then we, we saluted the flag. These things taught us respect and honor and that there was a power who was greater than us and that we should respect everybody. So it was great. Mm-hmm. I want to restore the God, faith and family thing. And, uh, and then we definitely want to talk about our freedom. So I want to get us together and do like political training where we know who our judges are, who's on the bench. We wanna know who's the school superintendent. We wanna get to know these people, wanna know who's our police officer, who's over what precinct and and bring the community together. And that way we know who we're voting for. When we go to the voting booth, I mean, just be honest, man, everybody, you looked on that ballot and you see who the judges are. You've never heard of these people. 
you don't know who their names are. You just scratch them one to just complete the thing or either you just leave it blank. And we have terrible judges sitting on these seats and they're releasing killers and criminals out among us. But at the same time, they'll try to prosecute somebody like me or Kyle Rittenhouse or somebody like that who's just simply protecting themselves. So we want to know all of these aspects. That's what I want to do for Arizona. And do you feel the corruption runs pretty deep in Arizona as well? I know there's the whole McCain machine. And um, what's your thoughts on Doug Ducey and his role so far as governor? Doug Ducey is a dud. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doug Ducey had the opportunity to stand up right now. He could do something right now and call for a crisis at the border. All right. And have the National Guard there to stop this. He hasn't done anything. He didn't do anything when it came down to the election stuff. And there's just a lot of things that he just laid dormant on mm-hmm. and just allowed it to go through the process and just left the people hanging. Uh, Doug Ducey is a part of that corruption process, and we need a new governor who's concerned about the people. Okay? Yeah. And that's one thing that I have as a pastor. You know, you, you can't be that, you can't be close to the sheep without smelling like them. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna rub their hair, you're gonna, you're gonna cut their hair, you're gonna feed them, and you're gonna start smelling like them. You have to be among the people. Yeah. And that's what we need, somebody who's really concerned about the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we're really losing touch. In, I, I think we got we got we got stolen with that uh, um, that audit as well. Yeah, it, it, once you really dig in and pay attention to that entire thing going on, I mean, the coverage was minimal on mainstream media, if at all. Uh, if they ever did, it, it was just being called as like Trump sending in cyber ninjas. Uh, but, you know, the, the officials, they literally said they archived data that they needed in order to prove it. I'm like, isn't that enough to make mainstream headlines? I would think That's so. That's crazy. I yeah, would he, think he so. He just kept saying, we archived it. What are, what, what are you saying? Let's put it in, in layman's terms here. Yeah, you deleted you it. You removed it just the day before they told you the courts ordered it, and then you removed it. Well, how about you bring it back and let us look at it and see what's there? Why did you remove it? Yeah. And then why did they, you remove the stuff prior to that? And they asked them, they were like, uh, so why did you keep all the other, like, uh, all the other data and historical stuff prior that to that? That was Biggs. Yeah, Andy Biggs was asking the question. Yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh. So, I mean, these are all the little things, and it, it just blows my mind how even asking or raising questions, I mean, if I was governor, I would at least get in there and get to the, to the business, right? Really try to right. crack down and make sure that there was no funny business rather than just he, trying to be politically. He certified it, even though the president of the United States was calling him. There were all of these anomaly, anomalies. There were all of these- uh, A ton. Uh, yeah, people people saying that they were they were kicked out of the, the, the process, the mm-hmm. voting process, but they did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he gave, what's the name, a high five. He gave the secretary of state, uh, Katie Hobbs, yeah. a high five. After, after they signed it, it was kind of like they were working together there. Yeah, it's all very sketch and corrupt. And so I know these the, are the, the, first anomaly, the first anomaly was crazy, right? On election night, the six swing states shut down simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously. Yeah. They shut down during an election. Because mm-hmm. I, was, I was live on my YouTube channel at, at that time. I was live and I was going through, I had my popcorn out. And was like, boy, Trump is about to beat this dude down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was winning. He was he was killing it. It looked In like Pennsylvania, it. Seven hundred thousand votes above. Yeah, yeah. He was up 80%. pretty heavily. And and seventy to eighty percent of the votes were in. How could you convince me 
that he lost a 700,000 vote lead overnight or over the next two nights. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me because um, the difference between him winning is so little. They should do a mandatory audit anyway, a little bit more secure. Just, I mean, if they were hooting and hollering in 2016, and let's just say we're wrong about 2020. Okay, so now we have two parties that don't think the election is solid. Why don't we just clean it up? Just who cares? Let's start from scratch and just clean right. it up. Democrats right. and the left don't want it. Most people know that there was some fishy business, but they got the results that they wanted. So it's funny. It's funny how that big tech allowed four years of Donald Trump and Hil uh, of Hillary Clinton and the left to say that Donald Trump was aided by the Russians mm -hmm. and that the Russians helped Trump steal the election. Yep. No one was no one was deplatformed. Nobody no. there was no censoring of that. As a matter of fact, they were they were paid to do it. But when Donald Trump says he suffered the things like this, no courts wanted to see it. No judges wanted to see it. Yeah. No news wanted to talk about it. And all the platforms like we're on right now, if you talked about it, well, then you were in trouble. You were kicked off of the platform. Yeah. But we they suffered and allowed four years of Robert Mueller and the FBI and whoever, whoever, you name it, Hollywood, Snoop Dogg, they allowed it. But when we came out, the problem was is that we had the truth and they knew they had lies. Yeah. And it doesn't help their case whatsoever when they pull this shit, right? And, yeah. keep, and keep playing on with the shenanigans. Um, yeah. All right, we discussed a lot. Is there anything in particular um, that you're running on on your platform that you want to get out? Um, and uh, if so, you could wrap it up. Just kind of a good closing statement that you really feel that the people need to hear. And then, of course, plug in where they can find you again and uh, whatever you need to do. Well, well, everybody, I love America and I love you. I want you to go to my website, Jerome for Congress. We definitely can use donations. We can use your support. Listen. I want you to be angered to action. I want you to do something. I don't want you to just sit here and complain and listen to me and listen to other politicians. Get out and take action. This is the time for action. Show me your faith and I will show you your actions. And this is what we gotta do. We gotta get out and knock doors. We gotta convince our family and friends and coworkers not to vote for the devilish Democrats. We've got to work hard. This is a gap and a window. And I feel like we are running out of time. I think this may be the last true opportunity for us to save our republic and to save our country from the plans of the left. So get out there and do something. Make phone calls. Do fundraisers. You know, whatever you can do. Make donations, all right? I promise you, I will not give in to any corruption. I don't, I don't like it. I'm not about money. I'm about the people. And I will get in there. And when Jerome get, gets in Congress, I am going to fight for you. Sparks are going to fly when I get there. We're going to bring in Dr. Fauci. We're going to bring in the FBI. That's James Comey, John Brenner, James Clapper, and all of these folks. Because we need to get to the truth. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11 talks about, if the wicked gets away with their wickedness, well, then all of society would feel free enough to do wickedly. Well, then we got to put a stop to this. I want you to help me take my information, share it across social media. Let everybody know that Jerome Davison, a man of God is running for Congress and I'm gonna fight for you, America. 
That's awesome. Go to Jerome stuff. for Congress. J E R O N E. I was going to say, make sure we spell that name. J E R O N E. Jerome for Congress. In as in November. All right, brother. Thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I believe that your support for me is the support for the kingdom of God. And I, that's what I feel like. I feel like my run for Congress and this work that I'm doing isn't so much political, but I believe that it's kingdom. I believe it's for the kingdom of God. I believe it's we're in a time of light versus darkness, that we're in a time of evil versus good. And we have got to send light and good into Congress to represent us, to overturn this tide of wickedness. We need to stand strong. Um, thank you again, Jerome. Honestly, thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad that you got to stop by and do this for me. Um, always a pleasure. I'm sure we will see each other, um, bumping around Arizona again. And yeah, uh, yeah, man, I can't believe it. I'm on the master bone show. I tell you (laughs) one day, one day I'll blow up if they don't kick me off completely. I gotta be, I gotta a little bit, I gotta be a little bit cautious, I guess, but Spotify, all that good stuff. Jerome Davison, signing out. Thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one.